needless to say, it was quite the crazy day for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns fan base. You know, the day started with the story that we knew was coming, finally dropping on ESPN. Then the Suns have to play a game. Yes, there was a game tonight. And they played the young and hungry one and six Houston Rockets. They came into the footprint center and left the same way that the one and six New Orleans Pelicans left, Matthew. And that is with a loss. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, Tonight, I just. This team seems like they're kind of they're figuring some stuff out. There's a couple guys we'll talk about that look like they're getting their shot down um, that we kind of hated on last podcast. But tonight was a great win for the Suns. I don't care who their opponent was. They came out and they seriously it struggled a few times here or there, but it doesn't matter, man. They they got it done and we needed this win. Uh, today was a very, very strange day, of course, to be a Suns fan, but Hopefully, I look as cool as the Suns played tonight with my backwards hat. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, man, you're bringing yeah, up. The I gotta switch it up hat. a little bit. I only had like the two hats right now, so I'm like, because the other one has a green bill, so I can't wear because of the green screen. So oh, maybe yeah, I can right. wear it. It would look kind of cool, but uh, yeah, just flipped it on the back. Eh, who cares? Let's move on, huh? <laughs> Let's not talk on. about my hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there's plenty to discuss on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So first and foremost, we thank the Jamsters who are watching along live with us on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Facebook. We tip our cap to you. Oh, Matthew can't do that because his cat's on backwards. Up oh, there we go, tipping it backwards. And if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you're absorbing this content, please subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. And again, YouTube, hit that thumbs up button while you're here. Uh, plenty, obviously, to talk about after the Suns defeat the Houston Rockets by a score of 123 to 111. Uh, and, you know, finally, finally clicked. It finally looked like they were mm-hmm. clicking. They went through kind of some spurts during this game in which their offense went stagnant. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But, uh, Matthew, I know you got to pop open an ice cold I brew. Do. I think oh, only have like five God. left. God They're bless in here. You. What do you, oh, you know? Coors Light. Just pretty much so water. So it's funny. Right? So it says What's tap the, the Rock. It's tap the Rockies. Coors Light, right? Is that if their I, motto? Well, I mean, cold as the Rockies, right? Okay. If I look out my window right now, the Rockies are right there. I'm oh. right up. I'm oh in, my God! I forgot where you were. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Colorado Springs right now, which okay. is the center of anti-vax America and anti-mask America. It's like this weird little city where. Uh, it's beautiful here. It's absolutely beautiful. Pikes Peaks right here. There was some snow on top of it when I landed yesterday. And it's this beautiful little place. But as I was walking around, it's just like when I was asking somebody, I'm like, so what, what's the deal here? Because, you know, as you travel around a lot, you kind of just that's that's the question. you ask. what's the deal? You know, like if I walk into a Target here, what's going to happen? What's the deal here? Yeah. What's the you deal? You ask somebody that always every time yeah. I go somewhere, okay. you know, I, if I'm in Reno, if I'm in Vegas, if I'm in Spokane, Washington or Lodi, California, mm-hmm. I'm like, what's what's the deal here? If I go into Target, like what's going to happen? And, and, you know, the, the guy I was talking to is like, dude, this is like anti-vax conspiracy theory part of america i'm like oh cool oh. that's nice so i'm staying in my hotel room <laughs> it's okay did you give him one of our cards though that's yes. the most important thing i tell okay, I'll, I'll, i have a little story here in a second about promoting the podcast but right, uh, go ahead wait. crack crack open that <laughs> ice cold open? beer yes all right. please all right suns fans let's talk about this win our third in a row now four and three for the phoenix suns cheers It was a total team victory for your Phoenix Suns this evening as they defeat the Houston Rockets by a score of 123 to 111. But before we stop there, you know we got to address it. Matthew, I got to ask. So obviously today, Matthew, you know, a lot of news broke. Uh, and I got to, you yeah. know, ask when, when the story came through officially and and we've addressed this a little bit on on the podcast but i'll ask you this when you heard the news and when you see woge tweeting nonstop about the story relative to robert sarver the allegations of his racism his misogynistic uh behavior did you feel embarrassed to be a suns fan when you heard the news oh um no 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 not at all this has nothing to do i feel like with being a suns fan um 
for the longest time, no one's like Sarver, of course, right? But this is a little bit different. This is actually quite a bit different from everything else of him being cheap. Everything that's been put out today, I didn't get to look at it till maybe afternoon. Mm-hmm. I kind of put it in my back pocket and I was thinking like, all right, I just got to sit down and wait for everything to come out at once and really go through it. But yeah. how my thoughts, though, I mean, my reaction to it doesn't matter. I mean, I can never grasp the situation that they live in in a world where this guy basically runs he runs the suns and for the longest time there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes and obviously people are just sick of it they're sick of the bullshit putting up with people that get away with this stuff and he's one of them right and people just nowadays and it's been happening for a while now where they are just sick of the bullshit they're sick of being treated like crap the suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. is something that should never happen but it does happen because the situations that this guy put people in and I think it's very positive to go forward with this. And I think it's positive for the league, for the Suns in the, in the Phoenix community where we can get this over with. It's been going on since January, right? The interviews. Yeah. So for it to come down to this, it's going to be a long process. Woj says it's going to be a long, long process of figuring everything out. I just think it's, it's, it's a good step forward for the Suns. And yeah. you said, are you embarrassed to be a Suns fan? No, because I would rather this happen than keep covering up for years and years and years. You know what I mean? So this is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, no, I hear you 100% on that. And I agree with you. It's, It's a good step in the right direction. We don't know. You know, they are just allegations at this point. But I mean, when you start to go through that article and it's just like situation after situation of just just jackassery. You know, it's kind of like the guy who's running the circus is a clown himself. And again, we don't know necessarily if that's true because a lot of the argument or the article was kind of hearsay. You had a lot of Earl Watson quotes, and it's clear that Earl Watson was very frustrated with his time there. And then, of course, every quote that he had, Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns were denying. And the Phoenix Suns even put out a statement today that said, like, listen, this reporter, uh, Baxter Holmes for ESPN, wanted to start this narrative last year didn't really catch so you know he's trying to put more fluff around his initial narrative to smear robert sarver and the phoenix suns so you kind of have a lot of mudslinging going on back and forth and you know again obviously if any of these allegations are true if one of these allegations are true like nobody deserves that dude you don't go to work to have a guy depants you in front of 60 of your coworkers. You don't go to work to be put down, you know, if you're pregnant and being, you know, just all the stupid shit that he did. You don't go to work to be called the N word. I mean, so if any one of these allegations are true, you hopefully the NBA can act appropriately on that. My fear is they might not have the cap- the capability to just because like, this isn't a Donald Sterling situation like Donald Sterling Sterling. You had hard freaking evidence. And in this case, you don't have that. It's a lot of hearsay. It's a lot of, he said versus she said, and you're, you're dealing with a billionaire. So it's like, you never, you know, life's not fair. It's just not fair, you know, but I will say, although it doesn't you know, necessarily make me feel embarrassed to be a Suns fan. The moment that it happened was kind of embarrassing because I was actually at one of the accounts today. Uh, One thing that I, I, you know, I'm a food and beverage director uh, and I'll be a food and beverage director over a couple of uh, independent living communities in Scottsdale that currently are under construction. So that's why I'm traveling so much right now. I'm going to all our other accounts and helping, I'm training, I'm helping them with point of sale systems and things of that nature. And I was actually at the bar today inside one of these communities. And there was a four top of, you know, independent living folks who were sitting there and I had a TV up behind me and I didn't know what was on it. And I was just kind of convert, you know, anytime I walk into any one of these communities, I'm the new guy because these are communities. So somebody new walks in, you know, I kind of get the, Hey, who are you? You know, so I was having that conversation with somebody's like, Hey, who are you? I'm like, Oh, I'm John. I'm going to be the de- director of dining services in Scottsdale. And they're like, and one guy's like, Oh, Phoenix. And I go, yeah. And he goes, Oh, are you a Suns fan? And I, yeah, I was, I was like, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm like, yeah, I am actually, I have a podcast that I do about the Suns. I'm a huge Suns fan. And he's like, well, it appears that your owner's racist. And he points to the TV and up behind me, the story's breaking on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. And in that moment, I felt embarrassed as a Suns fan. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is, you know, ridiculous. And of course, my embarrassment has no comparison to what anybody who had who's going through anything in that organization or who has left the organization. But still in that moment, yeah, I felt a little you know, just like a a, a, a jackass for being a son of the, a fan of the Suns. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, you know, we did have a game tonight, and and it's good to kind of re- 
be reminded of the, the good things, the positive things about this organization. And, you know, we go up, we play against the Phoenix or the, the uh, Houston Rockets. And, you know, it was, it was a fantastic start for this team. The first team, they were hitting threes. Aiton was getting, uh, you know, he was sealing the interior on Shingen or whatever the guy's name is. And he was scoring yeah. down low. Uh, he was utilizing solid screens which is something that, you know, we missed in the last game. And I had pointed out, I'm like, you know, this team is slipping their screens too much. Well, Aiton was out there and he was holding his ground, which was nice to see. And then you saw Booker using his full arsenal, going inside, going outside, actually hitting threes. And then, of course, McHale was looking like a straight-up star. And that first quarter, you know, the Phoenix Suns, although they did ultimately give up 30 points, they scored 36. And that's exactly what I wanted to see from this team right out of the gate, especially considering there's a lot of whirlwind shit going around around this team right now. Yeah, you wanted the strong start. That's one thing I feel like the Suns team really hasn't done this season. The strong starts, 14-2 run, getting out to a 17-6 lead. But a lot of it was really um, the fast breaks um, and just, oh, one guy, DeAndre Ayton, who is getting the ball in the first and third quarter. That's a big <laughs> part of it. When the offense struggles, DA's there. And uh, it's good to have him back after missing one game. So I don't even want to drop it. Oh, yeah, I think it's okay. definitely that time. Aiden Watch. I missed Aiden Watch last podcast. We didn't have one. So yeah, tell, tell me That's what you saw from much. DA in his return after uh, a one and one quarter game absence. Well, the Mr. What the fuck is that, Aiden? <laughs> you didn't hear it the first time, but the second time. Sorry, it was Dad. great on the broadcast. Yeah, so I mean, it was perfect. And so, it so was tell, technical... tell tell the jamsters who didn't actually see the game and are just listening to the pod. Tell me, tell them about what you're referencing. So the last play that Da's even in there, he goes up against. I forget, maybe it was Christian Wood or whoever. The jamsters will let me know. And he goes up, contests a shot, and probably wasn't a foul. After they called a foul against him, he turned around to the ref and said, what the fuck? And he, like, he has some shake in his body, too. Like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? He said it twice. And again, sorry, Dad, I used that language. But this is what the guy said on the court, and it led to a technical. So he's going to come out of the game, and he got a technical. So he's learning from Book. At least yeah. he's learning something from Booker, right? If you're, you're, you're going to get number six move. and you're on the way out the door, you might as well get your money's worth, right? Yeah, exactly. But he he got a lot of touches early. And the good thing is, you know, you're going against the Rockets. And if he wasn't going to play, we said Christian Wood, these guys might, you know, have a good game. And they might have their game in the paint against whoever, uh, McGee or Frank Kaminsky. But with Aiton back, he had the advantage. And that's one thing last year we didn't see consistently is the advantage. Is he going to take advantage of these teams that are weak down there? And he did. He, he absolutely did up against the rookie. He did a fantastic job on the defensive end, offensive end. He was getting touches constantly in the first and third quarter, which really set up the Suns offense both times. So seeing that was great because missing last game did suck because I want to see the consistency between him and Chris Paul. And then you saw Chris Paul giving him the ball a lot and certain areas where you didn't really see it ever before. So they're they're opening something up, and this is really fun to watch because it's something you really haven't seen yet between the two. So if this continues, it's actually something. It's something that they, they've been working on, and now it's actually transforming into something that's an actual gameplay. So it's uh, it's pretty fun to watch, dude. It makes me happy. It makes me excited. These two might fi uh, figure something out. Oh, big time, man. And, you know, again, I know it's, it's the lowly Rockets who have – a very weak front line. And, but again, you know, these are the games where I feel like in the past, DeAndre Ayton would just disappear. You know, the games where you, you'd go against Jokic, all of a sudden DA's playing great. And you're like, well, why can't you do that when, you know, you got uh Shingen on you, you know, and, mm -hmm. and Christian Wood, who's not known necessarily as an elite defender in any way, shape or form. Why can't we have those aggressive games or the games where the Suns game plan for just that being like, hey, D.A. has a mismatch. Let's take advantage of that. Yeah. And I feel like in this game, they definitely did. I mean, you look at the box score alone. He had 17 shot attempts, which was one shy of Devin Booker's 18, which led the team. And that's what you want to see from D.A. You want to see those shot attempts again. You know, everybody who is the casual Suns fan will reference the box scores and be like, well, D.A.'s not scoring a lot of points, especially last season. And you look at it and you're like, well, look deeper into the box score. You see he's averaging 12 attempts a game. Like it's hard to put up, you know, 24 points a game if unless you hit every one of your 12 shot attempts. But in a game like this, he did go eight for 17. He had 16 points, 11 rebounds, 
and one block. And that's another thing we'll get to here in a bit. It's just the block party that was going down tonight. Uh, <laughs> but he, and, and, you know, the one frustrating aspect, if you want to throw it in there, is mm-hmm. he was missing a lot of little bunny jumpers inside seven feet. You know, he's doing little hook shots and he was just missing them, but he was taking them. And that's what's important. Yes. Yeah. And actually someone brought that up too. the little bunnies, low sons. DA just missed some bunnies, but he's mm-hmm. getting the opportunities down there and he's, and he's not passing them. out of them. Yes. So that's, that's another thing. It's easy shots, but how often have you seen games like this where he takes that many bunny hooks? Not a lot. Not, so not the, this many. He'll be comfortable with it coming soon. Whenever he, when, if he continues to get the ball like this, it's, it's awesome, dude. I loved it. Yeah. I think the only thing that frustrated me about DA today was in the third quarter, they finally start feeding him. And we've talked about this at nauseum. Like DA doesn't get any love or any action in the third quarter. He's finally yeah. getting field goal attempts. And then he goes and he gets his fourth flat, his fourth foul with seven minutes left in the quarter. And he's cooking at that point. He he's missing the bunnies in the first half. In the second half, he's starting to hit everything. And then he gets pulled from the game because he puts himself in a bad position by getting that fourth foul. And, you know, again, that's just kind of that maturation process for him is to understand, like, listen, you're cooking. They can't stop you right now. So you need Mm -hmm. to go ahead and do everything you can to stay in this game and ensure that you can help this team just continue to, to slaughter essentially the opposition and you just play smart, if you will. You know, if you look at at DA's third quarter, just how he performed alone, he was four for seven in that quarter uh, with 16 points. Is that right? No, it's Devin Booker. Uh, four for five, I'm sorry, for eight points. And that's in the first four minutes of the quarter, five minutes of the quarter, because he only played, you know, 451 in the quarter. Or, and, and then, you know, he's in foul trouble. So that was my one gripe with his performance. But outside of that, like, I love aggressive DA. I love if DA's fouling out of the game one, there were some bullshit foul calls, but you know what? It is what it is. But if he like, we, you know, we kind of let off eight and watch. If you're going to go out, man, yell, what the fuck was that? What the, fuck? <laughs> you know, like yeah. go get yeah. it, earn it. Yep. That was know, fantastic. Man. Yeah, yeah. I waited to show up the ref. And as soon as he let the first one go, I'm like, oh, this is a T. And then the second one, I'm like, oh, this is definitely a T. But I, yes. I love to see it. You know, you can see the grins on the on the faces from his uh, teammates on the bench. You know, just thinking it's funny because it, it is funny. It's kind of cute whenever he gets all ram, rambunctious and gets all a uh, little upset. You know, the guys probably think it's funny to watch. So, <laughs> no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, Coda Kid, one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, you can simply press that join button on our YouTube page or follow the link in the description. Uh, he says, DeAndre and Cam Johnson are my favorite sons. And I love okay. DA, but I got to say, man, like, my favorite son, I, I think it's officially changed, man. I think it has finally changed. The Warden. I mean, he just continues, you know, 16 points on 7-11 shooting, highly efficient, uh, three rebounds. He just reminds me so much of that Swiss Army knife. And I know I've referenced this in a little bit on previous podcasts, but it continues to grow every game. I'm like, like I have a Valley Mikhail Bridges shirt. Like mm-hmm. I want to get a Jersey and you know, like I'm a 39 year old dude. I, there's I have no business wearing a Jersey, but like I want to support Mikhail Bridges, man. I'm just, I'm so in love with the way that he plays basketball right now, how he plays it on both ends. Uh, you know, he ends the night. He had one block as well. You know, and as I mentioned, you know, only three rebounds, but the, he kind of got the, uh, the scoring started. I think he had like eight points in the first quarter. And I mean, he was just he a couple threes. So he's slashing. He's hitting. He's getting out on fast breaks. Devin Booker's throwing alley oops to him. You know, it's like him and Devin Booker. I, I'm trying to think because they, they alone could be, you know, Bridges and Booker, the killer bees. I know the killer bees is a nickname that's been used all over the place. But Mikhail and Devin, MD, doctor, you know, the doctor duo. I don't know. There's something there because those two guys are the scoring future of this franchise. De- DeAndre Ayton's going to be the defensive anchor who's going to get you those points. But those are the two guys that make this team really go. And that's what you're starting to see early on this season. Yeah, you have to. And I feel like I have the same response every pod where you just got to keep getting in the ball. And 
the the runouts he has to where he's beating everybody else down the court, that's the one thing I feel like is kind of underlooked from his game. It's easy, easy, easy buckets. He's making mm-hmm. the game easier for himself from playing good defense and getting out running and finding a lane to where people can find him. I mean, how many alley-oops has he really had this year? A lot. I mean, probably more than last year where he's on the other side of the floor and just ready for the pass because he's meeting these guys, his teammates down the court at the same exact time or he's beating them down there for the easy dunk. And defensively, he's always there, of course. Offensively, his three is going to go in almost, what is he, 43% right now? Almost all the time, which is a great, great number to have from three. His mid-range looks good. Everything is just really, really great about this guy. And I honestly think that there's something that, it might be missing with him. Oh no, I'm just kidding. He's actually perfect. He's a he's a perfect player. Well, so, right now. Yeah, so, I mean, you think everything. about it. You go, you go. Okay, what are Mikhail Bridges' weaknesses just right now? Mm. Okay, as he begins his his, his fourth maybe year his in the league. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit. Maybe you know, Devin's it's not as beard, it's not as solid as Devin Booker. Uh, it's great because mm. for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see behind Matthew. He has a yeah. zoomed in. Uh, Devin Jam Booker, and and that and that's from uh, Craig A. Hamill, correct? Yep, correct. A little so close again, up shot of book. Exactly. So once again, yep. shout out to Craig A. Hamill on Twitter. You can follow him, uh, Scotland's best and greatest Suns fan, both from a support standpoint and from the ability to create artwork. And if you want your picture and or uh, artwork up behind Matthew, just hit us up on Twitter at Suns Jam. We'll throw it up on there. So that might be his only weakness, though, is like his beard yeah. game. You know, like he had that one play at the end of the game where you know he. Again, fast break. And again, with Mikhail, he's so damn long that you put it out there. One, he'll go, go gadget arms, grab it, and then he'll beat the defender up there. You know, we talked a lot about this last year. There was a moment kind of mid-season where all of a sudden Mikhail Bridges realized like, oh, if I go to the rim, like I'm longer than the defender and I can put the ball in the basket before he can even get there to defend it. And now you're starting to see that on fast breaks. And then he starts doing that like jogging in place thing. And he's just having so much fun doing it. I mean, this is another game in which he's displayed that behavior and it's consistent. We're not having those inconsistent games with Mikhail Bridges. He's averaging like 16 points a game and he does it in a fun and effective manner. And again, I just like, he might be my favorite Phoenix Sun right now. Yeah. And I mean, he's been your favorite Phoenix Sun for a while, right? Like what was the switch between? Was it just, it was it was always Mikhail, I thought, from last year, right? Well, not like I'm, the end? I love Aiden, man. I really do. Like I oh, love okay. having a big man. who I, Like I love defense. I mean, a lot of my Arizona Cardinals jerseys are defenders, you know, just because yeah. I, li- I like defense because I feel like it's harder. Hard- it defense, is. defense is so hard. So when you have I mean, you look at the Rockets, the Rockets are a team full of great offensive players. Christian Wood, although he didn't have the greatest offensive night, he went eight for 18, and 15. But Kevin Porter, Jr., uh, Jalen Green, Kenyon Martin, Jr. coming off the bench, Eric Gordon. I mean, a lot of these guys are amazing offensive players and and the NBA is full of amazing offensive players. But when you have uh, you know guys who can play defense, when the guy makes an all defensive team, that's a special player. And Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre, and that's why I love both of them. And you know, I've all, I I I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, so I obviously love Devin Booker, but like he doesn't play defense with the same intensity that both Bridges and Aiden do. No. Yeah, 2018. What a great draft yeah. for the Suns. I know, I know. And honestly, it's it's something too where it's it's every game. It's just so consistent. You don't even care anymore. It, it's I mean, it's gonna get to a point where you're just not gonna care because it's gonna be there all the time. We're gonna always talk about other players, I feel like mm-hmm. this season, because Mikhail's stats, his game is always gonna be there. That's why I run out of material. And I'm just like, keep giving him the ball. When Booker and Chris Paul aren't really finding it, I think Booker, of course, had a great game tonight. Go to Mikhail. Go to DA. Those are your two guys that you really need to focus more on offensively because they're going to get you really great looking shots down low in the paint, wherever on the court, even the mid-range, wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. Dude, they'll, they'll figure it out themselves. Just get them the ball. Well, and then there's another guy who he earned his drop back, Matthew. He, he earned the drop back. All I can say is Sham. Wow. Now I don't know if I said this. I wrote this in my notes for the on the last podcast, but I don't know if I said it. Did I say that I would not play that drop again until he scored more than 15 points? I don't remember that. Oh, Sometimes I don't even listen though. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, like I know I definitely wrote it down. I think that we talked about him and I forgot to okay. say it, but that's what I had in my notes. And then he goes out tonight. Uh, that's Landry Shamit. And he drops 19 points on five and nine shooting, four for eight from downtown, five for five from the free throw line. So he's also getting to the line. Uh, also threw in four assists and had a steal. And he finally yeah. became a Phoenix Sun, I feel like tonight. 
uh, a big part of this victory for the Phoenix Suns is when your bench players come out and perform effectively, you have him lead the all bench scoring with 19. Uh, JaVale McGee had a, uh, 11 and Cameron Johnson had 12. But Landry Shamit finally looked the way that we expected him to. And you'd mentioned on the last podcast how you didn't think he was shooting confidently. He looked confident tonight, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he had that bend in his body. You know the release where he's just bending towards the basket? You can tell when a guy is confident. Booker had that a few times tonight, too, mm-hmm. to where the release and everything just bends perfectly. And he's like, this is going to go in or it's just going to like go in and out. You know, and tonight was a perfect game for him to really come back and get better because you're playing a a lesser opponent. You want to come in and kind of prove something. You saw the look on his face at the end of the game, just a nasty look like I'm back. Like this is what I've been. I'm earning my money. I had a I finally had a good game and he put up some hard looking threes. Dude, the threes that he was shooting, the ones that went in, they were kind of contested. But he was just, like you said, very, very confident in his shot. He's like, I got to get a good game going here. I can't go any further. After this homestand, I can't go on the road and just, you know, put up clunker after clunker. (laughs) You know, I have to get something going off the bench. In the first half, he didn't look as good. Him and Nader were kind of getting a little on my nerves, but he did get to the free throw line. The first five free throws for the Suns were made by Shamit, so that's a good way to get in rhythm. Ask my stepdad, EJ, if you want to get in rhythm, get to the line or get to the rim. You know, you got to do that, and that's what he did. So I think that really helped his whole game tonight. Yeah, see the ball go through the hoop. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of cliche, but it's definitely valuable. It's it's cliche for a reason. You mentioned the look on his face. I think I finally figured out who he looks like. You ready for this? Do you know who Waluigi is? Yes, I do. He kind of has a Waluigi look to him, you know? Like when he uh, looks yeah, yeah kind of, you know, he's got the long, like, the long chin. Are we insulting these guys again? Probably. <laughs> I was just thinking about it today. I'm like, because I always think like Landry Shaman yeah. definitely looks like somebody. Jamsters, you can let me know in the chat. I'm probably an idiot again. Uh, but, but I, I think that I can kind of see it. Like when he looks angry, he kind of gets this Waluigi from Super Mario uh, mm-hmm. on his face from Super Smash Brothers. So, you know, just why does see- he have the pink nose, Waluigi? I, I just never noticed that till right. Why noticed- is it pink? Is just so mad? I guess he gets so pissed off that he's a lot of alcohol. <laughs> he's just he's he's the drunk version of Luigi. I guess yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it yeah. is. But again, <laughs> our uh, rag MMA. Careful, don't get canceled in the chat. Yeah, I mean we yeah. did it with McGee last podcast. I just I don't know, man. We're getting pretty close to being canceled. Oh, I know. I'm surprised well, I haven't been yet. So well, I mean, there's the I forget the name of the reporter, but there's a guy who has a podcast about Arizona State football, and he was critical on the I podcast. Saw that. Yeah, and then he, they canned him. It's just like God Ooh. forbid you have, you have an opinion these days. You know, if it doesn't agree with the narrative you better you know pack your bags and mm-hmm. you know just sit around and just talk about how everything is roses you know and that, that that that's what you get at the sun's jam session we keep it real a little too real we do you yeah know? but not too real not so too real well, we're, we're talking about landry shaman looking like waluigi like come on we're just yeah, having a good that's time pretty that's, simple. Kid fun. <laughs> that's who we are and, and what we do uh obviously we have to bring up the fact that good old uh abdul nader Got minutes again tonight. Had 11 minutes. Went 0 for 2 from the field. 2 for 2 from the free throw line. Had 2 rebounds, 2 steals, and 1 turnover. And again, I just think those minutes would have been better served with sticks, man. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I just... I mean, they had that one fast break play, and it's Nader, and he's got Cam flanking him on the left side. And it's a 2-on-1. And Nader's like, fuck this, I'm going for it. And he does, and he just he gets blocked. And I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah, Nader, let me write some good notes about you for once. I mean, yeah. there's just things defensively. You're down on the block early in the game, and you 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 draw a foul, and it's just you're trying to block a guy that's seven feet tall down there, and it's just you, you shouldn't be down there doing anything. McGee's down there. Let, let McGee do the work. Um, there's a lot to where he's out of place still. Like you said, he's a kind of a ball hog on fast breaks. He's always trying mm-hmm. to lay it in, has always a really bad angle. Um, I don't know how he practices his angles off the glass. You know, usually guys when there's, you know, like a Stefan Marbury, you know, there's, there's always those guys that really know how to, where to find the spot on the well, backboard. Alfred's going. Yeah. He just kind of bricks it up there. So I think he's just trying to draw fouls 
And yeah, the sticks thing is still kind of weird. Like he played one game, looked pretty decent. Now he's not getting anything, didn't get his contract. So that's a weird situation. So I don't know if they're just staying away from him because of that. Maybe sticks doesn't want to play. I don't know. I'm just throwing no, things yeah, out there. I know. But I, I just don't understand the Nader thing still. All right. We'll never understand it. Well, I, I can I, I understand you. life before we understand <laughs> the Nader thing. I'm going to understand and grasp infinity and the universe before I understand why Monty Williams <laughs> has this love affair yeah. with Abdul Nader and wants to give him minutes. And, and I get it. You know, it's like John humble says in the chat, he says, I love Nader. Sorry. Uh, he has gas. He has gas, excellent energy. That's and fine. I get, and, and I get that. I mean, you know, I was uh, on Nader Island or Nader Isthmus or whatever body of land surrounded by water you want to talk about when it comes to uh, funny little quips about these guys. I was a big yeah. fan of Abdul Nader last year, but the more I watch him, the more I think that he's just not a beneficial part of this team. And if his minutes are utilized with Jalen Smith, you can either a utilize Smith and grow him to something that could be an asset that works for you in, in a trade or, uh, uh, you know, beneficial to the team or B, you know, just let the kid have an opportunity. I mean, Nader can't be worse or sticks can't be worse than Nader in these situations. Cause yeah. like you said, Nader gets the ball. It's a black hole. It's like having Kelly Oubre, but not as talented around the rim. Right. No, I think so. I don't know what he is. Honestly, I, I, there's no really uh, the real comparison. It's like a Barbosa that can't really lay it in. That's what he reminds me of just the way his play is Barbosa that can't, you know, make a shot. So, yeah, I mean, so again, I just I had to bring it up again how because it's just it's a mystery. And it's funny because I wrote that piece for brightsideofthesun.com. It felt like Monty read it for one game. He's like, here you go. Here's your six minutes, John. And then he just went right back to Nader and because go back to it. And I think it's just because, you know, we don't truly have a backup to Mikhail Bridges. And that's why I've made the case, like, make Cam Johnson the backup to Mikhail Bridges, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. And then instead of having Cam Johnson be the backup to Jay Crowder, you have Jalen Smith fill those minutes. But Monty, you know, just he's like, listen, we don't have a true backup to Mikhail Bridges, so it's going to be Nader. And you Nader haters can sit there on your little podcast and talk all you want. You're not going to get what you want. You're getting Nader, baby. You're getting yeah. Nader. What about Alfred Payton? Six points on three of four shooting, uh, five rebounds, six assists, you know, and I was kind of dogging on him on the last podcast, and I realized why I was dogging on him. When it comes to Alfred Payton, um, first of all, like, have you ever played the game Around the World? Yes, I sure have. All right, so I'm, I'm sure everyone knows how Around the World starts. You start around, you know, the key, and you have to hit shots, and you generally progress to the three-point line and you got to come all the way back around the world i feel like alfred payton's the guy who's like the champion of inside but once you put him out by the three-point line like you can beat him because he just can't hit shit <laughs> but i think that like i was hating on him and, and he gets a lot of just eye rolls and frustration from suns fans in the uh, wake of cameron Payne not being out there just because he's kind of boring you know, it's like I said on the last pod, he's pre he's very, very predictable, mm -hmm. but he watches game and it's kind of boring. But tonight, again, it was effective because he, he was he was looking for his teammates and he wasn't focused on just scoring tonight. Yeah, he's very basic. And I mean, there's nothing better than basic sex, right? So he's out there. He's doing <laughs> the basic stuff, getting the job done. That's what he, I think he does. He seriously will just go out there. And he'll he'll be he'll be a guy that wants to get his teammates involved. I know like he gets in the lane, but I just never really found myself upset with him ever. Like I don't have a lot of expectations. I know before the season I was really high on him. I just thought he was like the best third point guard on a team. And it kind of looks like he might be because he's been helping the Suns second unit more than I thought he would. Uh, he had last game wasn't too great, but still, I don't think he's doing too much to, to ruin it. He's not doing too much to ruin the offense more times than none. I think the players are dropping the ball when he's setting them up. I see that more coming off his passes than any other player that's trying to set somebody up. So he's doing a lot, man. I, I enjoy him on the court. I It's to the point to where he comes in, he plays. I don't notice it too much. So that might be a good thing too. I don't notice his play until he sets somebody up. And I know it's, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he's on the floor now. And he's trying to find people. And he's doing his best, getting in the paint. Doing it. He has a little floater thing too. He makes these kind of awkward looking shots sometimes. But you could tell that's something he practices and something that you know Coach Monty will allow. And he's just he's a perfect third point guard, man. And campaign, yeah, when he comes back, he'll get those minutes probably. But right now, oh, holding, he's holding a spot. He's holding it down. It's not. Right it's now, not a probably. It's not a probably. Like he will get those minutes back. Did I say probably? Yeah, you said he'll. He said he'll probably get those minutes back. It's like no, it's one hundred percent campaign. will get those 
the yeah, I know. Back. And, okay. uh, you know, they were they were interviewing him before the game and he said he might be able to play on Saturday against the Hawks. And I think that Suns fans obviously are going to be excited for that. Uh, but, you know, again, tip your cap whether it be frontwards or backwards to the effort that Alfred Payton has put in with Cameron Payne uh, on the bench, because, you know, coming from an organization that over the last five years, hasn't had a ton of really good point guard play. I would say last seven years, because we've had really good point guard play this year in the last two, but we, you know, people like Alfred Payton <laughs> started for us at one point. Now he's our backup. Mm-hmm. Who's filling minutes for an injured guy. And you know what? The Suns have been winning with him in there. So you have to nod, give him a nod for his efforts and the way that he sets up the, his teammates and the way he plays, you know, he does play defense. He does get those rebounds, uh, you know, looking at the Rockets team, what was, how, how do you feel about this rocket team? You know, now that you've kind of seen them in person, seen them play, uh, were you scared at any point that the Suns could lose this game? Cause there was a prolonged period of time in which the Suns gave up the lead. The Suns were outscored 31 to 20 in the second quarter. And we're down, I think five or six at halftime. And really, we're having a hard time kind of clawing back until about five minutes left in that third quarter. And then they just kind of took off like a rocket, dare I say, and, and beat them. So, you know, tell me kind of what your what your thoughts are on the Rockets and were you scared at any point in this game uh, on whether or not the Suns are going to win or lose? Yeah, I definitely this season so far, I'm scared they're going to lose every game. I don't go into the, every game very, very happy and very excited to watch this team as I did, of course, last season, just because you don't know what to expect. You don't know if this is the game they're going to come back and actually put something together, which they did tonight. There were some times I was like, maybe the Rockets would actually take over and then the Suns can't get anything going offensively until they, hey, go back to DeAndre Ayton like you should do and then get back into the game with Booker finishing it off. I think this Rockets team is actually really fun to watch. Who knows how long they'll be together? Of course, like EJ even said, like Eric Gordon might be a name that be traded. Oh, without a Wood, doubt. Wood's always a guy for the last 20 years that's going to be traded at the deadline or, you know, signed with a new team in free agency. So, but Jalen Green, a little pretty, pretty freaking raw. You, you just yeah. don't know what to expect from him every night, but they have a good young team. Kevin Porter looked good. It's just, it's a fun team to watch. They're, they're very, very aggressive. They're very aggressive getting to the rim and throwing it down mm-hmm. very, very hard and trying to make a statement. That's their kind of way of trying to get into games, right? It's just to, to play aggressive and just show, you know what, we, we know we're not going to be good this year, but we're honestly, we're going to do our best out there to show you that we can actually still ball and hang with these teams. And they did with the Lakers the other night too. So early in the season, you're going to see this with the Rockets. And then it's going to kind of be like, all right, well, tank, tank the tank is starting now and then maybe 40 games and they'll be starting the tank but right now they're going to play they're going to play every team to the to the end i think and fun team to watch no without a doubt you know any team that has a lot of offensive firepower is really fun to watch i think that's why the oklahoma city thunder last year weren't necessarily fun to watch because they didn't have a ton of offensive firepower you had sga who could do a ton of things on the court then you had a bunch of no names around him and poku wasn't doing shit so i'm sorry matthew i know he's your guy in fantasy no you picked him up he's not doing anything he's not doing anything you know so you, yeah. dro- you should just go ahead and drop him well, it's you know a rookie what's his name sorry what's his name really quick who on okc uh, right the, now okc yeah Someone was the gems. Yeah, yeah. He took over uh, Poku's minutes, so that's why. Oh, Giddy. Yeah, Josh Giddy. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Giddy. Yeah. Is it Josh Giddy? Okay. I yeah. think so. I, uh, but I mean, yeah, again, Josh the Josh Giddy is Giddy. Yeah. Uh, Giddy up. But again, yeah, yeah. Houston, Houston is a fun team. Uh, I don't think at any point I was truly. It's funny because like I was watching the game, obviously, and just the, I was focused really on how the Suns were playing, and I'm like, the, the Suns are playing well. This team is just hitting shots. You know, you look at the second quarter. Houston shot 48% from the field in the second quarter, and the Suns only shot 33%. That's why the Houston Rockets outscored the Suns by 11 in that quarter. And when you have a young team like this, coming from a fan who's watched a young Suns team do the same exact thing in the past, I mean, remember those old Suns teams with TJ Warren and Devin Booker? Yeah. They they drop like a 35-point quarter, and you're like, oh, my God, they figured it out. Like our team's going to be unstoppable. And then like the third quarter would come and they just forgot to play defense. Mm -hmm. And that's what you saw tonight with Houston. I think that if they keep the core together and that core would probably be Kevin Porter, Jalen Green and Christian Wood, you keep those three guys together. This team eventually could be pretty dangerous. You, you, you mentioned it, you know, Jalen Green is really, really raw. He's a really good offensive player. He's got a great step back on defense. He hustles, but he doesn't really know where to go yet. I think that'll come in time. And Kevin Porter's a beast, man. Uh, 
so question for you real quick like were you watching the podcast or the podcast the uh the game on nba tv or were you watching the bally sports feed oh bally sports okay so that's what i was doing as well and i think my favorite part of the game is when uh eddie johnson just kept talking about kevin porter's braids yeah he's like if that dude fell asleep i would cut them off and he just kept saying he's like dude you know you have five different defenders playing against you you don't need a sixth one on your face and stuff i mean it was just like classic matthews uh stepdad eddie johnson uh, just killing it with the commentary a guy was just drinking at the bar and he keeps coming back to the same group with the same stories like you know what i you could do whatever you want with your body all right it's your own body i don't care but your body your party braids in your face you sure you want those like he keeps i love it man that's why i watch him over everything because he just those comments and stuff just oh yeah i just it's the like well, an and, older and version of me. Blaze Megatron, another elite jamster in the chat, says vibranium. Yeah, he was talking about vibranium like it was a real thing. Like vibranium's made up. It's in the Marvel universe. It's like what's in Wakanda, you know, and it's it, like it's what Captain America's shield's made out of. And yeah. he's talking about it like uh, I forget what reference, but he's talking about it. And he brought it up later in the game. I mean, <laughs> it was just fantastic. And then, and, and then you couple that with I, I swear every time the camera would be on head coach. Uh, Steven Silas for the Houston Rockets. He just kind of like had his, he, he was like standing. He was always standing, wasn't sitting. Mm-hmm. And he just had his head down with a scowl and just shaking his head. Like the whole yeah, game. He looked like he was frightened to watch the game. Yeah. He, just, he looked like he, he saw he, something terrible. Yeah. It was, it, it's like a car accident. It's like he, his head's down. <laughs> he doesn't want to look at it, but he's like looking up and just shaking his head the whole time. And I'm like, I did, and they showed you him need more of those 15 times. Yeah. You, you need more of that. Just keep showing that stuff. Have Eddie talk about vibranium and getting haircuts, all that stuff. That's what makes these games kind of flow by faster, right? And shout out to oh, the refs yeah. again tonight. A really good ref game. I have to give the I have to give the shout out whenever we get a good ref game. That's a really good point. You did it last podcast, and again, yeah. I think I think a big part of that is the fact that so far early in the season, they are not making the call that they said that they were not going to make. You saw two or three lean ins. Yes. I think it was Eric Gordon had the biggest one where he clearly you know pump faked. He got him in the air, and then he like turned sideways and tried to throw up a shot. And he was bitching so much that Landry Shaman had a wide open three. Uh, he missed it, but it was just his, it's hysterical how these guys are just you know. It's not a basketball move. The, uh-huh. And we, we mentioned this before, but, you know, the next basketball move they need to take out is just the the foul on the fast break where you're just grabbing a guy. Yes, so you do one. that like the international. Like you, you instill that with what you've done thus far this year. And you're right. I feel like there's less bullshit fouls. So I'm not sitting there keyed in on the refs the whole time. So no, you don't even know they're on you. And, uh, and uh, there's also another thing, too, like these guys that are doing the 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 fast break fouls, they're like running into each other, trying to foul these guys. Like I was yeah. watching the Hornets game last night. It's like, I was too. But, and like, I know the scoring, I guess, is down the shooting. And Ryan Russell was talking about, it too. He's like, yeah, I wanted to take away like the BS calls where you're trying to jump into people. But the thing is, like these guys would play so far off of everybody in the years past because of that mm-hmm. did not be called for those fouls. To where now, like they're more, you know, they, they, can they have defense. a chance. They can actually play some defense. So I love the the right in the middle. This is basically just right in the middle of the last few years and kind of before. So right now it's looking good, and I I I'm just very happy we don't have to talk about the fucking refs every game. Amen. You know I, I agree with you, 100. even though we are right now. Well, but we're talking about it in a positive, positive. light. We're not sitting yep. here, you know, bitching and moaning about you know that. Well, that was kind of crap. Uh, yeah. But you know, let, let's change the subject. Let's talk about balls, huh? Wilson yes. balls. Yes, so I thank I, you. I don't know if you watched the pregame. Did you watch the pregame? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, perfect. So you, you'll know what I'm referencing. Uh, but in the pregame, they were talking about, to your point, you know, uh, shooting across the NBA is down. And part of that, I think, is yes, you're finally allowing defenders to play defense, which is fantastic. Uh, but the other thing they're talking about, and a lot of conversation has occurred around the NBA about the new Wilson ball. You know, for those of you who don't know, Spalding is no longer the sponsor of the NBA basketballs. It's Wilson, who I think does uh, the NFL footballs too. And they're talking about how the rubber just doesn't feel the same. And to prove it, both TC and Eddie on the pregame show were trying to palm the ball and they couldn't palm it because it's so slippery. And I remember back, I think it was like 2006 when they changed the ball. In the NBA, I remember it was during the Steve Nash era, and the Suns had a hard time. The whole league had a hard time. I think after two months, they changed the ball. It had a different thread on it and everything. It was still Spalding, but they changed the ball. And 
I obviously they're not going to change the ball this year because Wilson is a completely different company, but it's interesting to see that conversation. That was kind of the first like, Oh wow. Moment when I saw T- Eddie Johnson, his big old fucking hands trying to palm a basketball and he couldn't. Yeah. It was like a Walmart ball where you get those cheap ones. They're kind of slick. It looks like, and kind of cheesy. That's what it looked like up close. And I never noticed. I know Rod Argent from Brett's of the sun actually put out, you know, is the ball the reason these guys are having a hard time shooting. If it's, if you're talking about Devin Booker, I feel like it would affect him even more because this guy, of course, that plays 24 seven on his, and practicing that jump shot, the release, every grain of his finger, just releasing off of that ball, perfect mm-hmm. moment, getting it down to a T that might affect him to the point to where you might be questioning, of course, the beginning of the season where he's had a hard time hitting those shots. I mean, Devin Booker should be the sponsor of in and out because a lot of these shots that he's shooting are just in and out. They're off by just a touch, just a touch. And tonight he kind of got it back, but I just think it does affect those kind of players. Maybe like a DA, um, maybe even Mikhail too. guys that, you know, don't settle for the jumpers as much. It doesn't affect them as much, but Booker, his mid range, his shooting. It's game, off, that's, yeah. that's him. So I think it did affect him a little bit. Well, I'll tell you who has no, problem touching those balls and that's uh javel mcgee man he looked amazing out there tonight you know we mentioned deandre ayton a little bit earlier he fouled or got that fourth foul with seven minutes left in the third quarter and when that occurs enter javel mcgee and that was kind of the spark plug that put the suns on that run to ultimately score 37 points to the houston rockets 25 points in the third quarter i mean he is so long and, mm-hmm. and 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 had such a great impact on this game, finishing with 11 points on four for eight shooting, uh, three for four from the free throw line. So kudos to you, JaVale, because it's an adventure when you go there. He had five rebounds, and according to the box score, he only had two blocks. But no. I feel like he had like three blocks on one play, it felt like. I mean, he was just all over the place, and he led all sons with a plus 13 when he was in there. Uh, what do you think about JaVale? Oh, the salt, the salt in the SWAT. He seriously, he was in there and every block seemed like it was like 10 blocks. So every time we look at the box for and think of blocks, we're always like, oh, this guy at least had six, but it's always like one or two. But it led to basically the turning point, right? Of this, of this game where he was just swatting it. Suns would go on the other end. Booker would hit the shot. Or actually Booker had a great one, a great block. Mm -hmm. And he took it down, hit the three on the other side, on the other end. And everything that what he was doing defensively was just like all out his enthusiasm, everything like he was like, I can get to these balls. These guys are throwing up there. It's lazy ass shots. I'm going to block. I'm going to block them. We're going to have some, uh, an easy shot the other end. So that's what he did. He got the Suns back into the game. They took the lead everything from there. The crowd got into it, the energy, all that. And McGee right now is definitely, I think the fan favorite when he comes into the game early, the the crowd basically just is the loudest out of any player that comes in. I feel like it's always for McGee and they basically get out of their seats to applaud this guy coming into the game because they love yeah. him so much. Well, he's, he brings the energy. Favorite. He does. Yeah. And we you know. notice it. I mean, after what, five games, six games. So, yeah. You know, I mean, it's you always like to have those energy guys coming off the bench. I think the last time that we had somebody with this amount of energy was Rashawn Holmes. And you see when he leaves the game and he's got the handshakes with all the guys already down. Yeah. And like that's the kind of stuff you love to see as a fan because you know that this team's engaged and you know that they feed off his energy. And when he comes in and he plays that effective defense, that's what the Suns needed. They needed defense to lead to easy offense. And then the run starts. Then the run starts. And, yeah. you know, so again, kudos to JaVale McGee for his effectiveness. Uh, another great acquisition for the Phoenix Suns. Um Obviously, Devin Booker, we haven't even talked about him yet. Uh, 27 points on 8 of 18 shooting, so not the best field goal percentage, but still 18 points to get 20 or 18 shots to get 27 points, 7 for 8 from the free throw line. Um, that's telling you that Devin Booker's being more efficient, and that's all I want from I, I, I love Booker when he's a fe- uh, efficient Booker because if he's not, he's Donovan Mitchell, and I don't want that shit. Uh, he was 4 for 8 from downtown, too. I think I like. He never hits more than like two threes and he hit four tonight. So it was really uh, a great performance by Devin Booker. Yeah, he was beautiful tonight and he was setting up his teammates. The only thing is like his passes seem like early in games are really, really lazy and his bounce passes take a little bit longer to get to the guy. Um, There was even one where uh, Jay Crowder came up. It was like almost like a mini fast break and Booker was had the ball went to the top of the key and just kind of laid it to um, just a lazy bounce pass to Jay Crowder. I'm like, yeah like get him in rhythm like hit him in rhythm like some of it's kind of lazy but he picked it up he he did a lot better in the second half and that the block leading to the three i don't think i've ever seen him like 
actually after a forced that turnover was great, man. and then hit the three following up. I don't think he's ever done that. Those are always in and out shots. And it went in and that might've been the one that really turned the game around. So yeah, he, that's, he was amazing. That's when the, the energy really started. And, yeah. and again, defense leads to offense. That's, that's what it's all about. My friend, that mm-hmm. is what it's all about. You know you can on it, bet on it, bet on it, bet on it. All right, once again, bet on it. Uh, we asked the Jamsters on Twitter this morning what we should bet on when it comes to uh, Chris Paul points and assists. It was our nod to Chris Paul for becoming the third all-time assist man in the league. So the line today was 16.5 points and 9.5 assists. So we give you the option of going over on both lines, over on points, under on assist, under on points, over on assist, or under on both. Uh, the Jamsters came out. They voted 51.4% said we should go under 16.5 points and over 9.5 assists. So that's where we put our money today. That was a plus 180. And for the first time this season, Matthew, we hit. We hit. Uh, wow. Because Chris Paul had nine points and 13 assists in this game. Uh, so we made a dollar 80 back. So of uh, so what are we at now? Let me pull it up. We are at, we're, we're only down four dollars and 20 cents now this right. season. So, all right. All right. We're uh, coming but, back. But but kudos, kudos to Chris Paul. And, you know, Eddie Johnson said on the broadcast, and I think it's worth echoing. Chris Paul's really focused early in this season on just getting his teammates involved. And I love to see that he's not looking for his own shot. You know, he does. He did go three for 10. I'm sure his field goal percentage on the season is just crap because he's had a couple of really bad games, but he's also leading the league in assist. And that's what he should be doing, especially at his age right now. He doesn't need to exert any energy trying to get his offensive game going. He knows when to pick and choose his spots. I think one of the best spots he had in the game is the Suns were leading and then in the second quarter, they gave up the lead. And when they gave up that lead because the bench guys around him were shooting and, and he was setting them up and they were just missing at that point. And then he went down and he hit just like, you know, his standard 16 foot jumper. And that's what Chris Paul's benefit is, is he's going to take his shots when it's when it's appropriate. Uh, outside of that, he's going to try to get the team of uh, his teammates involved. You know, the point God, thank you for James. Thank you, James, for picking the right one. And uh, thank you, Chris Paul, for delivering. Yeah, he. uh Doing a great job. Hayden, nephew Hayden brought up something. He's like, Can we uh, just acknowledge his shoulder probably is still effed up from missing those shots? But right now, you can't really say anything about these guys missing shots. I think a lot of them and across the NBA, they're having issues. But yeah, keep setting up your teammates, man. That's my analysis. I mean, he's playing beautiful basketball right it now. It really is. It's, it's a fantastic brand of basketball. <laughs> Jamsters, this is a reminder if you're listening, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the little bell notification on Spotify that lets you know whenever we drop a new episode. And if you're here along live in the chat on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification button, and then hit the chat button and let us know who your jam star of the game is. Uh, Matthew, I went first last time, so you can tell me who is your jam star of the game. This guy right here, Devin Booker, the guy behind me. I spoiled it early, I brought him on, he's in my background. And, uh, you know, we both have the same kind of facial hair, kind of. So tonight he is chance star of the game, man. He he played great. It was a good Booker game. The first one of the year, I think. Okay. Well, looking at the chat, uh, Walter Lazo, uh, Shamit. Uh, oh. Coda Kid gives it to Shamit. Los Sons gives it to Shamit. Blaze Megatron gives it to JaVale in some book. Uh, okay. Eddie gives it to Booker. Fabio gives it to Booker. Shamwell from Jay Pizzle. So it's, uh, you know, how about this? How about just uh, the two-guard position today? The two-guard position, if you combine both Devin Booker and uh, Landry Shamit's performance today, a total of 46 points, 36, po- 36 points, no, 46 points from those guys combined from our two-guard. That's pretty goddamn It's going to win you some games. That's going to definitely win you some games. So yeah. uh, definitely a great job by both of our two guards in providing. And, you know, again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Sustained offense when Devin Booker leaves the court. You have uh, Landry Shamit coming in, you know, in his 19 minutes played, and he goes for, you know, 19 points. Like, that's exactly what you want, man. That two-guard spot just keeps cooking. So well done to both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Next game up we have is going to be the Suns versus the Hawks on Saturday, Matthew. Uh, tell me what you think about this one. I'm excited. I was actually watching the Hawks last night uh, a little bit, and they're struggling this year already, but I think what it is 
when I'm watching them is, um, you know, they're so overly confident this year off of last year. And maybe it's what the Suns did too, but a lot of their role players and stuff, they're herder. Um, these guys are, they're coming up the court. They're doing a lot of their own things. I don't feel like they have mm. a whole flow to their offense. They're kind of individual, individualized out there to where they're, sh- they're getting their own shot. They're just jacking up these random threes. Um, they're, they're basically trying to play their own game to where like, Hey, we were good last year. This ought to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this, let's just change it up this way to where we can all focus on us individually and we'll get stats. Maybe we'll have three all-stars this year or something like that. That's what it seems like when I'm watching them. So I think more Trey young takes over that offense, the more they get comfortable and they're, they're a shooting teams. So of course everyone's having a hard time shooting right now. So mm-hmm. those are things I just noticed watching them last game, but I'm excited for this one, man. Cause I think Trey young, Whoa. Whoa. Trey, <laughs> Trey Young, of course, is exciting to watch, but this is a team in the East that's trying to get things together, and they're trying to get things together against the Suns this next game after their last big loss against the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tough game for the Suns, and I'm excited to see the Suns' response too. Tough stretch for the Hawks. I mean, so they're four and five right now. You mentioned that they lost at Brooklyn, and then they lost tonight against the Utah Jazz, and then they play the Suns. You know, that's that that's a rough, you know, yeah. that's Welcome a rough trip. Yeah, seriously, man. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the team again, as I mentioned, four and five. Uh, Trey Young is shooting. You know, he's making eight of his 19.6 field goals per game. He's averaging 22.6, so he's not overly efficient. You know, what's interesting when you go and you look kind of up and down this roster, to your point, Matthew, like this is a roster that is literally the same roster from last year. I think the only uh, thing that they did as far as adding people uh, who are getting any minutes at least is Gorgie Jang is playing for him now. Uh, but everyone else, you know, their top nine guys are, you know, Trey Young, John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, Cam Reddish, Kevin Werder, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Solomon Hill. So I mean, these are all guys. This is a team that should know who they are, and they're just kind of going through the same thing. They're a little bit of hero ball, to your point, uh, and much akin to the rest of the, the league, they're having a hard time shooting the ball. You look at how they shape up when it comes to the rest of the league, when it comes to three-point shooting, they're right in the middle. They shoot 35%, uh, two-point percentage. You know, they're right around 50%, which is 24th in the league. Uh, when you look at kind of how they measure up when it comes to Offensive rating, they're currently eighth in the league, but they are 22nd in defensive rating. So they have a net rating of just flat. It's zero. So they're 15th in the league. So, you know, again, a team that's definitely you can't take lightly in any way, shape or form. It's no. an explosive team. It's a it's a smart team. It's a team that definitely has played together. They can play both sides of the ball, although they definitely are more of a uh, an offensive team. But we have Clint Capella down in the paint like, you know, you're not going to get a lot of free passes down in the paint when you're playing against the Atlanta Hawks. So that's going to be a really, really fun one. Uh, What's our final prediction on this one? What do we lock in Mm -hmm. in our pick versus fanning the flames? Let's talk about some reason. For some reason, I want to go Hawks. I don't know why I can just see kind of like a letdown game. And even though it's going to be a tougher matchup, I can say Hawks. I'm, I think I'm going to go Hawks, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate. I'm going to go. No, Hawks, I mean, I mean, this is a game that we're playing against Fan in the Flames. We're trying to beat them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we didn't put a bet or anything on it, you know. But uh, I kind of think that you're right. I think this is a team that's up against the wall. They lost to Brooklyn. They lost to Utah. Um, I'm pretty sure that we're the next team. I don't think they're. Um, let me look real quick because I want to make sure it's not a back to back. Because if they're playing a back to back against us, then uh, then I definitely will go Suns on that. But let's see. So they played Utah. Yeah. Well, I mean, not the, playing tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know what day of the week is. Man. I don't know Travels. what day it is. God yeah. damn, sat on the bench. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to. Okay. You know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Suns loss. That's what I'll lock in. Okay. Of course, we want them to win, but I think the Hawks are gonna yeah. take this one. So, all right. That sucks. Uh, are, are you gonna be at this game? Yeah, I'll be at the game. That's so awesome. If you need, any of Jamsters there? See me. Come say hi. <laughs> come say you know? hi. Oh. Yeah. Make sure you bring some stickers with you. You can hand them out to the Jamsters. So okay. I will be hosting this one without Matthew on Saturday. Uh, the guest host is TBD. I might have some surprises oh. for you. I'm gonna have Eddie on. We're going to talk about Eddie. Oh, it's this guy right here. (laughs) Justin, he's going to be the guest. So maybe, maybe he's not doing anything. No, it's it's Saturday night. Justin's out there partying, man. He likes to get, (laughs) get crunk as the kids say. So, uh, but that'll be a fun game no matter what. I really hope the sun's Mm -hmm. pull it out, but you know, again, we got to beat, we got to beat. So says Jay. Uh, and I didn't listen to their podcast yet. I'll be listening to that on my podcast. Oh, he said we picked the same thing. So I'm assuming you picked the Hawks. Should we go Suns? I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, I'll be, yeah. I'll be at the game, so I want to win. You know, I okay. got to be there. The experience is going to be great. It's going to be a blowout okay. win for the We're Suns. We're going Suns. We're locking it in. Right. We're gonna, we're, we right. got to go against these guys. So 
Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't listened to uh to their pod. I'll be listening to it on my flight to Dallas <laughs> to Phoenix tomorrow. So All looking right. forward to coming home. That's for darn sure. Um, anything else that I missed? Anything else that you want to talk about before we get out of here, Matthew? You know what, John? We covered almost everything up and down for this game. I think I'm good, dude. Uh, shout out to Cam Johnson, good game. But besides that, it's been <laughs> a wonderful night. It was a good. It, we, I good mean, there night. Was, when you score 123 points and you win by 12, and you cover, it's a good night all around. We couldn't get to every player, but everyone played well. It was a. It was the first. In fact, I wrote it. I did the game preview for bright side of the sun today. Dave was actually at the game. So he covered it, which I, I love that, especially cause I'm an hour ahead right now. So whatever time it is in your world, I'm an hour ahead of that. Uh, and I wrote that in my, for my prediction, I'm like this is the game where we're finally going to put it together. And tonight the sun's put it together. So uh, on that note, we thank you jamsters, whether you're listening or you're watching along live, it's always fun to hang out with you wherever you're at, wherever we're at. We're, we're happy that we could do this every chance we can after every game Mm -hmm. uh again subscribe rate and review if you leave us a review on apple Podcasts, if it's a five-star review i mean you can leave us one star and trash us i'm not going to read it but you leave us a five-star review (laughs) we'll read it right here on the show uh make sure that you hit the thumbs up button if you are on youtube and you've made it this far in the podcast give yourself a thumbs up hell and uh we'll see you on saturday night and by we i mean me so yeah all right well everyone go home and love your family i can't wait to go home and love my family take care everybody